Good evening, everyone, and welcome to what is uh, going to be the last Wednesday Night Live of this year, because next week is Christmas Eve, or actually Christmas, and the week following is New Year's. Funny how that always happens. Both of those holidays on the same day of the week uh, each year, they just kind of mirror one another. It's like New Year's Day watches real closely when Christmas Day is, and then they kind of jostle in there so that they can be honored on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, whichever day Christmas chose. Just joking, of course. But we are very much thankful for your faithfulness over this past year in either joining with us live or tuning in on the various resources of archives that are provided for you we we don't we don't take your partnership lightly and we continue to ask god to bless you as you walk faithfully in the steps of being a saint and this past year 2019 has been a phenomenal one in partnership with the Spirit of Grace. I felt that at the beginning of our time tonight we would do well to offer thanks to the Lord for the many many things that he has done um, over this past year. The advances that have been made the provisions, the open doors, uh, phenomenal to say the least. And uh, we don't want to be like the, the, the lepers who went away from Jesus and did not return to thank him. Hence he said, where are the nine to the one man who did come back and offer thanks? Thanks is such an important dimension of our walk in God. It is truly something that needs to be reflectively offered from a spirit of gratitude. It is the foundation upon which praise is established. And there's something about thanks that is more than good manners. It is, it is a necessary ingredient in the firming up of what God has done and uh, the positioning for a forward move. And so we want to be very careful to give thanks to the Lord for the many, many things that He has provided for us. In this past year, we have seen our network grow in maturity and in, in many ways numerically. We've seen um, a forming of... Uh, uh, of an operations manual, a ministries manual within our network. And we've established tenets of faith for those things that need to be readily believed among all of us that not only have been embraced at our most recent seminar, but will be uh, dis disseminated into the nations, uh, to the churches that and the prayer groups that are already a part of us but those that will be coming on board. People need to know what you believe, and we need to know 
what people believe who say they want to come alongside of us because accord is vital in the things of the Spirit. Um, and so we're very grateful for that. We're grateful for the Lord's provision. We're grateful for the many healings that have happened in this past year. And we look forward from those beginnings to incredible times of ministering the healing of the Lord to people throughout this nation and the other nations of the world. We thank God for the major advances that have occurred in France, in Belgium, those that are beginning to uh, to uh, uh, establish themselves in Luxembourg. We thank God for the move of God among the millennials that is stirring and percolating in the fires of his spirit. We thank God for the incredible doors that are opening in Brazil and those that are already established uh, as Saints Network churches and outposts of uh, our brothers and sisters in the, the army of the saints. We thank God for the things that he is opening up in the uh, corridor of West Virginia and Ohio and Pennsylvania and how that will extend outward from there and the prospect of what's going to happen because of that open door as we go boldly into this new year. Uh, we, we're just very grateful to the Lord for those things and many many more that um, that he has that he has given us and we specifically from our hearts want to say thank you to our Heavenly Father for the way he has led us as his sons and I would also suggest to you that you reflect upon your own personal life your ministries whatever you are involved in, no matter where you live. And you need to make a personal assessment of the things God has done, and you need to express them. You need to give thanks to God. You need to verbalize them. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And um, this, is, this is important. Not only does it bolster your, your faith in recognizing the things that God has done, but it really is your your just due before a heavenly father who loves you and last but not least it is a foundation upon which things are launched now we want to talk from a, a, a new perspective about thanksgiving this evening and I've said in the past that largely thanks is something that you do for something that has already happened and praise is for what God is doing now and what he's going to do that's uh, that's just a principle um, I know that there are times where the lines are a bit blurred in the scripture but for the large for a large part that's what we should do but then with that in mind you come into the New Testament and you see um, Thanksgiving translated in English Thanksgiving as something that is uh, is progressive it's something that is uh, is moving forward and why is that well because Thanksgiving in the New Testament is largely translated out of Eucharistia which is again something you should remember uh, that occurs at 
the Lord's Supper, but it is literally grace that is expressing the good purpose of God, God's will. And in that regard, when you talk about grace, grace is always moving forward. Grace is something that is specifically chosen. In fact, it wasn't up to me when the, the English Bible and the King James Bible were translated and the others uh, that formed uh, the basis of God getting his word into our hands. But I might have chosen a different word to translate Eucharistia than thanks or thanksgiving. Don't ask me what that is. I haven't given it much thought. But um, really and truly, you are, you are establishing something that God has positioned for grace. And that's what thanksgiving largely means in, um, in the New Testament. And I felt very strongly that we should look at two passages of Scripture, both in the book of Revelation, in fact, these are the only two passages wherein Eucharistia is found. And um, Thanksgiving is the way that the word is translated there. The first is in Revelation chapter 4, verse 9. And this is that transitionary point from when Jesus was appearing to John in the first three chapters of Revelation, and he was, the risen Lord was speaking about the seven churches. And then when you come into chapter 4, John speaks about a door opening in heaven, and then he is, he is going up, come up hither, and he comes into an apocalyptic expression of what was going on in heaven, and really what uh, had happened in heaven, and what, was, what is going to happen even ahead in our day. And he begins this, he, he's in this fourth chapter, and he's describing what he sees in the throne. He's describing different things that he perceives at, at first glance of what's going on there. But what he sees is, in verses 8 and 9, the, uh, the four beasts that are proclaiming holy, 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 or our favorite word, hagias, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And then in verse 9 he says, And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to, sit on the, to him that sat on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and they proscuneo him that lives forever and ever, and they cast their crowns, uh, before the throne. But these, these beasts say glory and honor and Eucharistia. Now, how do we interpret that? Well, in the first place, we have to see and remember that three, just about all the time, represents the promise, seal, and fulfillment. Even with the Trinity, that's the way it is, because God is the promise. God the Father is the promise. Jesus is the one who is working uh, continually to perfect and, and work the will of the Father. And then the Spirit is the one who comes at the right time, at the right moment, to burst upon the scene with the fulfillment. It's not by might or by power, but by God's Spirit. 
and three will represent that threefold principle. So these beasts before the throne of God are saying glory and honor and Eucharistia. Now what, what does that mean? Glory is always going to be the prospect wherein God entrusts someone with a, a representation of what he wants to do. The glory comes upon two things in the Old Testament. It comes upon uh, the, the release of a new thing that God wants and upon the person or the people who are entrusted to be the ambassadors of it. And grace is the pathway. Grace is, is always reaching forward. So you begin with glory, which is the prospect of a new thing God wants to do and the invitation to those that would partner. Honor is team A, but as we studied honor through the Old and New Testament, we, re we remember that that means to become imprinted by whatever it is that you are representing in God and really being imprinted by Him to where it's, it's uh, very difficult to discern uh, who you are because you have patterned yourself to depict what God is doing. And that's what we have to be, and that's what the angels have to be, and that's what forevermore will be uh, necessary to fulfill the de demands and the desires of the glory of God. And then the third is Eucharistia, where after the glory has been declared and, and imparted and released, and there is the walking through, representing God, representing his ways, then finally someone, the beasts, the elders, God himself can say, or we can say, the good purpose of God has been established in grace. And uh, that is not only a statement of completion and activation, but it is a positioning for grace to move forward from there. And I think that's wonderful. I really do. Um, for us, as we are before the throne, we need to recognize that this is what God does. And when we are moving forward in grace, it is because God has seen fit to anoint and appoint us in his glory. We are to be in his likeness, to be as joint heirs with Christ. We represent him. As Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. We should pray in this new year that we would in every way do our very best to emulate the one who has called us. And our objective is to fulfill the grace, to fulfill the objective of the good purpose of God and to establish that as sons and in that seventh day of truth and sonship, we give thanks for what he's done, what has been achieved, what has been established, uh, with an eye toward looking forward into the new. And that is a wonderful thing. So it really is the operative state of holiness in heaven. 
Now, we're going to look at the other passage where Eucharistia is used, but I want us to remember that in the fifth chapter, you have Jesus, uh, a, a telling of how the Lamb came into the heavens and the triumph that was there and Jesus taking the, the little book from the hand of the Father and establishing himself at the right hand. And you have uh, a sevenfold declaration of what Jesus had accomplished through his sacrifice and, and his resurrection and ascension and the positioning of that for sons. And then you have a fourfold progression that's spoken of concerning really how we pray and intercede there at the throne before the Father. So you have the, the position of Jesus' triumph the establishment of the ways of God at the right hand of the throne, and then you have the invitation for all of the sons to come and proclaim uh, what, what God uh, would do in blessing and honor and glory and power. How wonderful that is. How wonderful blessing, the eulogia. When we go to pray, the voices should always be the good word of God, the foundational word of God, honor us being imprinted at this in the secret place of thunder, uh, glory there, which would speak about us representing God as lightning, as sons, to be sent forth into our place of mission. And then power, that wonderful manifestation of function in God. That's what we do as intercessors. And it's made possible by the sevenfold blessing of Jesus and uh, it's just a wonderful thing to see. So then you go through the sixth chapter. Of course, we're not doing a study on Revelation tonight, but we come to verse 7 and verse 12. The only other time that Eucharistia, Thanksgiving, is mentioned in Revelation. Uh, and this is uh, after the 144,000 are spoken of and um, prior to the depiction of those that have come through tribulation and they're in white robes. But there the angels, verse 11 and 12, stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. And that means let what is declared at the right hand of the throne be done, because that's what Amen means. Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. There are many things significant about this progression, not the least of which is that thanksgiving or Eucharistia falls into the fourth slot, which is the spirit of prophecy. And you see this progression, blessing, eulogia, which we talked about a minute ago, glory, falls in look at this blessing is our objective that's what judgment and burning eulogia uh, is going to accomplish glory is what we receive when we walk in when we are empowered in grace when we begin to partner with god his glory comes upon us wisdom is where wisdom is wisdom is as wisdom does there it is it's locked in there and then thanksgiving what we prophesy what we die for is to accomplish that good purpose of God in grace. How wonderful. 
Honor then is what the saints are. We, we embody and depict our God and his purpose. And then power is dunamis, the functionality of the glory of God. When we meet with God in that uh, spirit of glory and of God, he's talking about how we can bring function and purpose depicted through his, in his will. And might is iscus. So there we see that from beginning to end, the, 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 the eternal purpose of God is going to be manifested throughout the earth at every iscus dimension, every border. Nothing will be able to, um, to stand against what God is doing. But right in the middle of it is where Eucharistia is, and it is our prophetic stand. It is what we give ourselves for so that the good grace of God would be known in every dimension. So think about this. In the last book of the Bible, the apocryphal book, uh, where we're getting the words about the end times, the times that are currently uh, our field of operation and the times that are to come. Our point of thanksgiving, our point of Eucharistia is, is twofold. Number one, we see that in the mindset of the beasts in heaven, Eucharistia is always going to be the fulfillment of what God does because his throne is a throne of grace. He's always moving forward in grace. There are new horizons, new things that God wants to do that are always going to be throughout eternity our pathway. And that's going to be our triumph. That's going to always be our fulfillment, that no matter what our task, we're going to be able to say God and his good purpose, his, his perfect purpose, has been accomplished through partnership with grace. I think that's tremendous, and I'm sure you do too. And then we see in the sevenfold progression that um, as we move forward throughout the earth, our prophetic devotion is always going to be our, 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 the spirit of prophecy within us, the spirit of supply, the spirit of healing, is always going to be that what God wants to accomplish in grace according to his perfect will is going to be done. And we make our devotion to that. We make our prophetic assessments through that. We make our prophetic declarations through that. We make our mindset through that. And that really does embody what we are. And... Um, I, I just think that Thanksgiving, especially at this time of the year, at this moment where we gather together here for our final Wednesday night live of this new year, we thank God for what he has done in positioning us in this year of grace, knowing that as we enter into this year of wisdom, grace will be our calling card because grace sets the stage 
for the wisdom of God to direct us in the course in which we should go. I, I believe that, um, that God is giving us a, a mighty impartation of the spirit of wisdom to accomplish the tasks of grace. And remember our studies about this, and we, we've, we've studied in the Old Testament how that the progression of the ways of God, the two things that the enemy absolutely detests and tries to eliminate, he wants to turn judgment into wormwood. He wants to basically bypass the spirit of grace and the spirit of wisdom, and he wants people to fail in grace and become embittered. And so we are pressing forward in this most very, this, this very important capacity of standing and establishing in grace, going into wisdom, being led by God so that we can triumph in him. And in, uh, in um, Isaiah 11, the Bible tells us what many people have I don't want to say wrongfully, even though it is wrongfully. I don't want to say ignorantly either, because the people who say this mean well. But they say these are the seven spirits. There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him, Nuach, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. Now, you can tell by reading those that it's all about the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Every part of it is that. And this is really talking about the the, uh, the rod of the stem of Jesse, that, that really establishes what God's root wants to do. And a branch growing out of his roots is grace. A branch growing out and spreading is grace. And then you have this, this powerful expression of dimensions of the spirit of wisdom and understanding. You know, how are you going to accomplish what the spirit of the plan of God, Yahweh, wants to do? as it nuachs upon you, um, spirit of wisdom and understanding. And then you're going to know counsel. You're going to know how to do a thing and how to apply your strength. You're going to have understanding of tactics, and you're going to have understanding of specific things that you've gone through and how to apply them in the new. And of the fear of the Lord, you want desperately to accomplish this. And I think the neat thing about this is if you study this in verse 3, make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. All that says is ruach in the fear of Yahweh. I don't know how they came up with making him a quick understanding because that's, that's ruach. That's the breath of God. So that the breath of God will be dictating the fear of this plan through you. And look at this, this judgment. It, it seems it's kind of a weird thing. With righteousness shall he judge the poor. What does that mean? How would you judge the poor in righteousness? Well, you have to depict what poor is. And here it doesn't mean some beggar on the street. It means something that is, that is deficient, 
something that is lacking. That's the term. Look it up. And so if you judge with righteousness, you have the righteous vision to turn that thing, which to me equates with the New Testament measure of asthenia, you are going to turn that thing into a point of strength. And with equity, to reprove with equity the meek, uh, that means that we are going to be tempered as the meek who are inheriting the earth, and we're going to continually be chastened and trained by God. So these are all dimensions and depictions of the spirit of wisdom, which we're stepping into. That we would have the spirit of Yahweh upon us, that we might, um, that we might be so moved by his spirit that we cannot even begin to tolerate missing the mark of what he wants to do that the fear of the Lord would be known in that way and that as we go we assess with righteous vision those asthenia points those those weak points those points that are not up to speed according to what God wants and whatever's necessary to bring them on board so that through it we can demonstrate the true meekness of uh, the sonship that we are to be manifesting and and ruling with but we've, we've got to have the spirit of wisdom and understanding we've we've got to have counsel to know exactly how to do it to be prudent and and how to apply our strength and where to apply it we need to have learning and uh, we it's a to do and to teach this spirit of knowledge is for the purposes of us presenting the line upon line of the things that we have engaged in in God so that we might teach others. It's the do and teach principle. And, uh, and of the fear of the Lord, again, that abiding point where we absolutely have to fulfill what the Spirit of Yahweh has given us to do. So those things are here. And they are going to be manifested over and over again in new and exciting ways in the new year. But the foundation of them, the, 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 the stairway, uh, the, the stepping stone, uh, the launch point of that is grace. Because in grace, we are partnering with God and offering our supplication for what he wants to do and because of that and in that positioning and through that perspective wisdom shines forth you remember when I taught several weeks ago on a message called proverbial grace and I talked about uh, Solomon and how that he went up to Gibeon and we went he went up to where the uh, tabernacle of Moses was in order for him to ask God for wisdom and we talked about that. Grace is inseparable with wisdom. I mean, it, they're always together. They rely upon one another because it's a common goal of accomplishing what God wants to do. It's us committing ourselves to God's purpose and all that we are to it in grace and being partners with him. And then grace makes way for wisdom. I like to equate mercy with wisdom you know you, you see there in the holy of holies when uh, God's representative would come and stand before that ark 
And um, you see a five-fold depiction of the mind of Christ there. Um, but then in that mercy seat, God is speaking about what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. And the angel, the cherubs are there to, to be in agreement and to be aligned. And uh, we have to have that wisdom. It's not enough just to have the ark. It's not enough just to have the angelic. We have to have that wisdom from our Father. But it is because we're partnering with him. We're, we're partnering on behalf of what he's doing. And that's really where the saints network is at this crucial uh, crux point of God's timetable. So we give thanks to our Father for all of the wonderful things um, that God has done uh, in this past year. And we establish that as a foundation point of grace as we look forward into the new year. And we state that Eucharistia has happened, that the good purpose of God has been manifested in and through grace, and we're going to launch forward from here. And so that's our message on this last Wednesday Night Live of uh, the year 2019. And just know that we continue to pray for you and for the theaters of operation that God has been establishing you in. He loves you very much, and we count it as an honor and as a privilege to be able to stand alongside you uh, in our pursuit of what the Heavenly Father has entrusted us as sons and saints. And we look forward to what this new year holds with the myriad opportunities that we know of at this point to serve God and um, with the anticipation of the things that God is going to surprise us with. Doors opening, opportunities manifesting that God in his suddenly nature is reserving for those of us who love him. And um, we pray that God will bless you abundantly in this new year and in this Christmas season, which we are very much in. May the presence of the Lord uh, encompass you and may you feel and know him in ways beyond anything you have experienced to this point in your walk. I ask that God would bless you. I ask that he would provide for you. I release healing into your body and into circumstances and into whatever it is that you need to enjoy a measure of restoration. I speak that into your life at this very time. And may you enter into this coming new year strong, healthy, well, supplied. Yeah, I, I come against uh, the spirit of heaviness. And I put on myself and on all of us the garment of praise and looking forward, in looking to the new. Praise waits for us in Zion. And we need to tap into that sanctuary of supply and vitality. So I speak that over you, the garment of praise. And um, don't 
allow the spirit of heaviness or any kind of challenges that have come against you this year. You know, the enemy even tries to, even after you've known a victory, to come back in and rob the glimmer of that victory with the fear that the thing that you defeated will come back. I rebuke that now in your life, and I rebuke it over my life and over the life of all of my church and and all of my family. We go forth as triumphant sons of the Most High God into a year that God has ordained from the foundation of the world. You and I were uniquely created for such a time as this. And I speak that we are going to be more than conquerors in this year that's coming. But we establish our feet positioned firmly and squarely on the knowledge that God's grace has brought us up to here. And we give thanks, Eucharistia, for the triumphs that grace has afforded to this point and for what that positioning means for our going forward into this new year. I release the spirit of wisdom and revelation from God, of God, into your life. Be baptized in it. Be saturated in it. Because that's where we're going. And no sense waiting. Just receive it. So, may God bless you. We will be with you on Sunday. Uh, There will be other opportunities for you to hear teachings, the voices teachings, many things in the archives. But uh, we just won't be linking up again on Wednesday Night Live until the new year. Until, Until that time, may God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you once again ever so much for your devotion to the Lord, to the calling of the saints, and for the privilege we have of partnering with you. God bless you, and good night.